Welcome to Musically Hitched, a podcast featuring the untold stories of entertainment professionals from household names to budding superstars and those still hidden in plain sight. Each life has a soundtrack. Our stories are the lyrics. I'm Zach Reynolds Jr. And I'm Crystal Reynolds. This This is is Musically Hitched. If you enjoy today's content, don't forget to please like and subscribe so that you're always notified when new episodes are released. Sometimes your book smarts and training can get in the way of finding your true identity, your true fit and pursuing your dreams. From working with underserved families in education and in the nonprofit sector to building a music and entertainment company on the rise, I recall the moments that solidified my commitment to music. I am Musically Hitched. It's 2003, and we're standing at the altar repeating the traditional marriage vows to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Little did we know we were not only marrying each other, but we were marrying music at the same time. When you marry someone, you obviously know that you're not only marrying the person in front of you, but you're marrying the person that they will become. And I married Zach and the person that he would become, which was an entrepreneur. And he married me and I became the person that I am now, which is an entrepreneur. So we are married to music. We were very young at that time, fresh out of college, excited, ready to take on the world. When you're young and bold, you go for it. If you're serious about chasing the dream. During that time, I had a twofold dream. I wanted to pursue education and the nonprofit world and do music on the side. I loved to sing. I loved working with people. And so that's what I have always done. When I have been in church, I've worked with music ministries and we've worked together in tandem to build music ministries over the years. And then in the community, if there was something going on and I had an opportunity to sing, I was the person that tried to get involved. If I was at an event and people knew I was there and they needed a singer, oh, Crystal, can you do this? Can you sing this song? And I was the person that typically would say yes. So when you're young and bold, you go for it, right? You attend meetings, networking functions, conferences, you go to auditions to shoot your shot because you think you're invincible. You think that, you know, there's someone that's going to see what I can do and then they'll give me an opportunity. I remember being at the American Idol audition, I think it was around 2004, 2005, I can't remember what year. And that was when it was pretty new and it was all the rage, right? Um, You had Kelly Clarkson who had just won the first season and Fantasia came along, Jennifer Hudson, all of those 
very talented people came through like within the first five years. So every vocalist in America that wanted to go mainstream was probably in line at an American Idol audition. So you, if you've been there, you understand, you get in this long line, you wait for hours, they call your number, you go down and sing for the judges for about two to three minutes, and it's either yes or no. Well, if you were like me, you went to all the auditions that you could, you participated in many competitions, and hopefully you would win one of them. You would get to the next level and be moved forward to pursue your dream of being in music professionally. And then you also work a lot for free. You do a lot of pro bono work until you get a paid gig. It's just one of those understood rules as a young person who has a musical gift and you want to pursue it. And I did a lot of free work, studio work to singing with groups, you name it, I did it. You know, even singing in church at that time before I went off to college, obviously you knew you weren't going to get paid for that. And even leaving college when you sang at a church, unless they had a budget to pay you, you're not going to get paid for that. You're doing it for the Lord and it's what you should do. Whereas some churches, of course, do pay vocalists and musicians to play because it's their job. It's what they do for a living. And I remember my first paid opportunity as a vocalist was from one of my colleagues. And he asked me if I was interested in singing with a local artist. And of course I said, yes, we did that. We went with her to different events and performed and it was a great experience. That moment showed me something important that I can get paid for what I'm good at for a living if I just keep pursuing it. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking there has to be a way to continue doing education and nonprofit because that's what I got my degree in and also do the music thing. I can figure that out. So you spend many hours trying to find your place when you're young. Fast forward to 2010. I remember, you know, uh, being in um, North Carolina and we were in our first home. We had connected with family and friends. Things were going well. And then there was a conversation about moving to Atlanta. Atlanta was the place where Zach wanted to be. I didn't know much about Atlanta beyond, of course, the music scene and what it offered. But I was not interested at that time. And although I wasn't totally interested, I wanted to be a supportive spouse. And so eventually, after much convincing, I decided to apply for positions within my uh, training field and um, see what happened. Both of us applied for jobs and nothing happened for a while until one day when both of our phones rang, right? Within like, I think weeks of each other, we both got a call and both asked the question, are you still available? So we had stopped talking about Atlanta for a while but at that moment, we realized that maybe there was something to moving to Atlanta after all. We went down to Atlanta and we started visiting. Um, you know, we had family in the area. We also sat for interviews while we were there. And eventually we were offered positions. And um, the position that we were offered uh, one was in ministry for Zach. The other for me was in the education and nonprofit space. 
It was like a home run. What else could I have asked for? And so we accepted the position. At that time, we were serving at a church. And so we had to put in our resignation there. And we had to put in our resignations with the other opportunities that we were a part of. And within a month, we had to find a place to live. Was it a challenge? Of course it was. We we're moving to a new environment, right? We heard that Atlanta was a cliquish place, but for good reason, right? It's a cliquish place because people work with who they like, who they believe are helping them in the process. Uh, but it was also a challenge to plug in, be ourselves, use our talents and figure it out. We knew that if we weren't presented with opportunities, we would create the opportunities. So here we are, and it's the end of 2011. I'm starting an amazing opportunity in the nonprofit space where I was serving underserved uh, students and their parents and educating them on post-secondary opportunities. It was a new project. I was able to work independently and build out the opportunity. Um, and then Zach was working at a ministry um, as the minister of music. He involved into that position. And as always, because we have worked together in music ministry over the years, I got involved. I joined the choir, I joined the praise team. I found ways to plug in into music because again, that's what I did. It's a part of who I am. And being a part of that music ministry went well for a while until it required a move from Atlanta, the metro area to the Georgia countryside. I was team Reynolds with a solid no. I did not want to go back to a small town. I wanted to stay near the city where I could, you know, get to where I was going and be in the mix. The same for Zach. So we were back to square one. And being the resourceful people uh, that we are, there were other opportunities that we found. So I still had my position and he found another position. And the good thing is when we made the decision to leave the ministry, other great opportunities came along. So he was presented with a role in a local band, which was great. He had been wanting to do that. And so he started with that and he'd be traveling on the weekends. And then he had an idea to write a book for black males. And then he started a class and then we had a new baby. So it was a lot of new things that were going on all at the same time. And so remember, we're married to each other and we're married to music. So we were going to figure this out. We were married to progress and married to becoming stronger and continuing our commitment to the vision of who we wanted to become. So during that time, after he left the ministry and he began his new opportunities, it was a period when I felt like he was buying into the sleep when I'm dead mantra. I'm sure you've all heard that, right? I'm gonna do everything that I can and I'll sleep when I'm dead. Well, of course, that wasn't his mantra. His mantra was, you know, uh, basically, if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. So he was doing all that he could to pile on experience, to pile on a fresh sense of perspective of how he wanted to approach life. And I was all for that because as a supportive spouse, you learn what the other person needs and wants and you just stand behind them. So that's what I did. And he did the same for me. 
And that that road is a hard road, right? When one or the other is going after a dream, whether it is pursuing a higher degree, if it's jumping into entrepreneurship, if it's moving somewhere, if it's just starting a new venture, it can be a challenge. But if both partings are willing to understand and provide that support, it can work out. This is a road that some are not willing to ride on, at least not for the long haul. So after he released his first book, he finished his class, he was traveling with the band and the new baby came. We talked about it and he decided to leave his job as a teacher with Atlanta Public Schools to pursue music full time. So we started a music business and it was a band. And because he had the experience of working in that particular side of music, this would be a brand new place for us to establish ourselves in the market. And I thought I was prepared mentally for his decision to leave the job. And things went well, they were smooth until about a year later when I got a call from a colleague. She said, Crystal, did you get the email? And I said, no, what email? I remember vividly we were at a gas station somewhere in Buckhead in Atlanta passing through and stopping to get gas. I said, no, what email? Well, I got an email that I need to be in the supervisor's office tomorrow morning. I said, oh, okay, okay. Well, I said, don't worry about it. Maybe it's not a big deal. You know, we'll see what happens. If you know anything about the nonprofit world, you know that the fiscal year typically ends on June 30th. So the one thing that came to my mind was, okay, maybe they are trying to make some cuts. And so right after I got off the phone with her, I checked my email and sure enough, I had an email in my inbox. Crystal, we need to see you at this time tomorrow morning. So when I got home, um, you know, we talked about what might be happening. I talked about all the scenarios and how I would handle it if this were a release from my position. And that morning before I left, the sun was so bright and pretty. And I really had a sense of peace. And I said, Zach, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen when I go into this office this morning. And I know that we agreed that you would make the decision to leave your job. And it's been a little over a year. But if for some reason they do release me from this job, I'm not going to be worried about it. I'm just going to continue forging pushing forward to see what's on the other side of this. And he gave me a reassuring, I know we're going to be fine. So I went into the office and I was greeted with good morning with three people on the other side of the table and um, left that meeting about 15 minutes later with a severance package. And as I was leaving the building, I saw two of my colleagues that I had always had conversations with and it was like oh wow something is changing here you know and so i got on the elevator and waved goodbye and never went back into that building and when i got down to the bottom floor i knew that things were shifting for good and that i would have to make a decision as to where i would be going next what would be my next venture? What would be my next road? 
And moving forward after that, I think it was about three to four months after talking to a number of people and sending out my resume, I let them know that I was looking for more work because remembering at this time, you know, if one or the other spouse is pursuing entrepreneurship, you have to have revenue coming in to survive, right? And so I wanted to make sure that I was contributing and he was contributing in his own way, of course, but I wanted to make sure that I was contributing as well. So I had some network contacts and fortunately the timing was great and they led me to an opportunity with a local agency still in the nonprofit and education world. And it was different than what I was used to. With a little reluctance, I accepted the position and um, I removed myself to an environment that was very different than what I had ever experienced before. And it would turn out to be the experience that changed my perspective on life. It changed my perspective on how to deal with people and how to use your skills for good to create opportunities for others. So here I am, little old me in East Atlanta with a very strong nonprofit organization. And the nature of the organization is that lawyers work pro bono to serve the underserved, right? And so this particular project would bring me to the worst school in Georgia with the worst statistics for um, school attendance to academic progress, you name it. It's right across the street from the worst, one of the worst housing projects in Atlanta. And here I was with a big smile on my face going into that school saying, parents, what can I do for you to make sure that we can stabilize your housing so your kids could stay at the school? I worked alongside um, an attorney. So she worked with me in the school every day. And we were providing resources and training for the parents to know how to advocate for themselves uh, within the area of housing rights, right? So it's still education. And um, the organization, Atlanta Volunteer Lawyers Foundation, shout out to them, uh, brought me in as the community advocate for Thomasville Heights. And this is the community that really helped me to see who I really was. So I was with AVLF for a while and um, loving the job as community advocate. I remember walking in the housing project you know, all the time, you know, I'd be in the school having meetings, walking around, talking to the kids. And then I just go outside and go across the street and go see my clients, find out how they were doing, what did they need? And that was, you know, the course of the day. There was no typical day with this particular job, but being a community advocate allowed me to build my skills in communication. It allowed me to learn how to make connections with people who didn't have the same background that I did, uh, but that I learned how they were able to survive in this environment that was not conducive to growth. I saw so many things that were disheartening, but I also saw a way to help uh, in, a, in an area that needed much attention. And fortunately, organizations like AVLF are still doing that today. So with that being said, while I was at AVLF, Zach was focusing on the book and we were focusing on building the band. And I gave 
what I call my best to my role as the community advocate. I love the kids, the staff, the parents, and the community where I served. I could not have asked for a better team, better supervisors, and company to work with. And I laugh now because our president would often say that he hoped we would retire there. And I remember, you know, traveling on the weekends to some of our gigs with the band that we created and coming back and he'd say, oh, Crystal, how was your weekend? And I'd say, oh, we were in Lake Tahoe or we were in Charlotte or we were wherever. And he'd say, oh, my, that's cool. You know, great, because he knew that I did music. But he also knew that I had a focus on my job. So I never let my traveling, my business, my music business get in the way of what I was doing at my nine to five. So he would tell us, I hope you'd retire here. And I didn't know about all that, but I wanted to find a way to continue doing music and education simultaneously. And about a year and a half later, a question from a friend rang in my head. She said, Crystal, aren't you going to have to choose one or the other, meaning education or music? And my quick response then was, no, I can do both. Of course I can. But at that moment, I felt a pull to jump into music head first, jumping out to help build this business, jumping out to help build this enterprise that could provide opportunity for other musicians like myself. I can't say that I was totally at peace about the decision initially to leave my post at Thomasville Heights. The project was the first of its kind in the nation. There was no other organization that was providing an advocate and a lawyer in the school to help stabilize housing for families. We were the first of now many schools around Atlanta that have this dynamic duo. But I didn't want to leave at that time. You know, we had concreted the organization in the neighborhood. Um, people started to believe in the work. I really felt connected to the work that I was doing. And when the time came around to have the conversation with my supervisors about needing to leave or needing to step away from the role as community advocate, it was tough, but I had the conversation and each one of them said, you know, that they supported the decision, that they thanked me for what I offered to the role and they wished me well. When I had the meeting with my parents, um, the clients that I served, I remember just crying and saying, you know, I understand that this was supposed to be a lasting relationship, but I also understand the power of pursuing what you feel is right for you in that moment. And I thank them for opening up themselves to me so that I could help to bring a little bit of light um, into that community. I was convinced that the door I needed to walk through was not totally on its hinges. It was being constructed all at the same time. Was I scared? You bet. Did I feel like I was betraying my colleagues and clients? Yes. But my faith in what could be and strong work ethic and support was all I needed. I was all in. It was music business or bust. It was work hard and do music or die trying. And as I left Thomasville on that last day, 
I thought about the poem that I have recited to myself since I was an adult that reminds me of what I have to do as I go throughout life. When things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a failure turns about when he might have won if he'd stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You might succeed with another blow. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you mustn't quit. To our listeners, we'd like to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you're tuning in for the first time or you haven't followed yet and you're enjoying the podcast, go ahead and hit that plus sign or follow button and leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach and add value to others just like you. We appreciate your support. We look forward to you joining us again for another episode of Musically Hitched. <laughs>